Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartblend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. Today, we are covering the pillars of a healthy relationship. And I'm so excited to cover this topic because it can be really difficult to understand what really makes a healthy relationship, right? Like we know communication and trust and uh, all these things, but there's so much more that really has to be taken into account when building a healthy relationship. And a lot of us didn't always have those examples, or maybe we had a few of the examples, but not all of them or none of them, or maybe we know how to implement healthier relationship skills, but other people don't, and it can be a struggle. So it's really important to make sure that we anchor in what is healthy and what's unhealthy. And it really wasn't until I started to become more serious about coaching and learning more about building relationships with people that I realized, oops, (laughs) there's a lot of things that I was doing in relationships that were not healthy, but I didn't realize that it was unhealthy or I didn't realize the damage that it caused. And I didn't realize how other people were being unhealthy and I would second guess or doubt it, even though maybe it didn't feel good to me, the person would be so confident in their actions that it seemed like, you know, maybe I was the crazy one or, you know, some, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you have the person that has such a dominant personality and they can be the most unhealthiest person in the world, but because they're so dominant, you almost forget what is healthy and what is unhealthy. And then you just fall into that trap. But if we can really ground ourselves and build that proper foundation for what is healthy in a relationship, it can help us to really weed out what is best for us and how to cultivate a better relationship with others, not just in a romantic relationship, but in all of our relationships, including the relationship with ourselves. I know I talk a lot about the self and self relationships and self love. So I'm going to not focus on that so much because we cover that quite a bit on this podcast. So let's get into this. So for me, I'm just going to start off with what I thought previously was a healthy relationship. Okay. Maybe it'll resonate with you and maybe you can find some of the loopholes that I was running into that was keeping me from building those healthy relationships. Okay. So I have to take myself through a time machine just a little bit because I have to go to my place of ignorance that I didn't know, you know, things I didn't know about in a relationship. So, okay, let's see here. Trust, building trust with the other person, feeling safe, feeling comfortable, having fun, being able to laugh with one another, having love, having understanding, and respecting one another, having that respect for each other. And to me, I felt like that was enough. (laughs) It's not, it's not, it's really not, you know, that, that is really not it. And You can laugh with the most toxic person in the world. It doesn't make it a healthy relationship. It's good to be able to laugh with each other and to be able to, you know, have fun and enjoy each other's company, but that doesn't make it a healthy relationship. You see what I'm saying? So let's get into this. I know we're super anxious to know 
what is a really healthy relationship? The first pillar to a strong relationship of love is going to be honor, but honoring everyone where they are. This falls into a lot of different places. So sometimes we start working a little bit on self-development, right? And we can get so into it and we can finally move past some limited beliefs. We can feel good about ourselves and our partner may not be on that same page. So it's like you just, you want them to just fully be where you are. And it's like, come on, you could do it. Yeah, da, 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 da. We have to honor where people are on their journey. Because number one, if they decide to follow you and do what you're doing and all of these things, they aren't really doing it for themselves. And whenever you start doing something for another person, there's always an expectation of a return somewhere. And so when you start doing something for another person, even if it seems healthy, it seems very logical of why you should do it, you may not be in that proper mindset to be able to start that journey. So if you think about all the fears, all of the conditioning that that person may have gone through, traumas, all of these different things can make it very difficult for someone to just jump on the same page as you just because you're in that place. So we have to honor people where they are. And we have to have that respect to say, you know what, I honor you. This takes time. And I'm here for support along the way when you're ready. And if you are truly moving in a place that that other person's not moving in, and it's just causing a lot of friction and distance in the relationship, then that just means that you will go your separate ways. But you have to be able to honor each other. Now, that is just in that one aspect, there's so many different aspects of where honor will come into play. There's also the honor for the person's existence. Okay. So honoring their natural design, honoring their energy, honoring who they are and not trying to change the other person. So this person is not just an object waiting for you to have an experience with. I know that's difficult sometimes. We don't think it's difficult. We understand they are different people, but the way we perceive the world is through our own lens. And it's hard to see things from another perspective at times. So we have to really make sure we understand that this person has had their own story. They're going to have their story with or without us. They have their own life experiences. We are not responsible for them. They are not responsible for us. So we have to honor who they are and where they are. So honoring them in a sense where, one, you're not making fun of them. You're not laughing at them or poking fun at them all the time based on their own natural design, things that they can't help. I get it. Having that banter is a lot of fun. I am a culprit of this. I love joking with people. <laughs> I love just kind of, you know, not taking life so seriously. You, you got to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes. <laughs> I know I do regularly. However, being able to honor that person as if they were like the most valuable golden diamond crusted being and not diminishing that person in any form or fashion 
diminishing their accomplishments, diminishing their strong qualities, diminishing the things that make them who they are. And we do that a lot. Sometimes we don't think we're coming from a bad place, but just having that same honor that we have that moment we met them, that moment we laid eyes on them, and they seem like one of the greatest people in the world to us. Holding that same honor and not diminishing them or trying to shrink them or trying to make them feel inferior because our insecurities come up and we want to try to keep them in this space. No. And vice versa on the line of the journey, right? So let's say you're not on this page. Let's say maybe you are not where you want to be in life, but this person is soaring. They're thriving. If you are an insecure person, you're going to try to dishonor that to try to bring them down, make them feel uncomfortable. Well, you know, you're, you're always doing this and doing that and da-da-da-da-da. Okay. Honor that, you know. So we have to have this honor for one another. And if we can't get there, then it's going to mark for an unhealthy relationship. And honoring yourself. You have to have all these qualities of a strong relationship with yourself in order for them to properly transfer to another person. Because if you don't build these proper habits and these healthy relationship skills, it feels very foreign to you when you get to a place of trying to be with another person. It's just going to clash. It's going to feel very weird and uncomfortable. And you're going to try to do it of a place where you don't have that true gravity, that true understanding of what that really feels like and the time and effort and work that it takes. So honor yourself. Get familiar with that. Stop tearing yourself down. Stop beating yourself up. Stop overly criticizing yourself. Evaluate yourself where you are, but stop the over-criticism. Stop with all of that and take a break and to realize that you are truly an amazing being. And once you can really grasp that understanding, then that can transfer over to the other person because you know the energy that it takes to do that for yourself. It's going to be actually easier to do it for another person because you're not having all of the same traumas and conditioning and fears that that other person has in regards to themselves that they had before they even met you. All right, cool. Now I'm done with honor. (laughs) All right. So the next pillar is going to be self-control. Self-control is a big one. So what happens when you have someone that does not honor you properly, right? They disrespect you some kind of way. They diminish you. They are demeaning. They are condescending towards you. They scoff at who you are. Ooh, oh boy. Having that self-control, even when the other person is not honoring you, is tough. It takes a certain amount of strength to really be able to get to a place where what someone says does not trigger you in a way to react. But we have to Keep in mind that when you're in a relationship, when you're building this healthy relationship with someone, you are a team. You are not enemies. So while someone may come from an insecure place, they may dishonor you. What helps with having that self-control 
is knowing your true worth and believing in your value, believing in who you are, so that if a person says something that is dishonoring, you can see it for what it is. You see that it's an insecurity. You can recognize it and you don't take it as your own. You can maintain that level of self-control. You say, you know what? I see where you're coming from. You're coming from a very insecure place, maybe a place of fear. And I think that I'm going to take a step back, take a breather, and we can come back and have a discussion about this when we're both calm. But if you just fly off the handle and you know what? I'm not going to allow for you to put it. That was something that has been probably uh, (laughs) not my healthiest relationship skill that I've had to learn over time. Typically, I'm a very calm person. I'm a very chilled, relaxed type of individual. But sometimes you'll get those just right personalities that really know how to push your buttons, right? They know how to just get underneath your skin or try to trigger you in certain ways or just, ugh, it can be so frustrating. And if you haven't had a good example of knowing how to control that emotion when you're triggered, it is tough. You know, sometimes people are not always going to know the right things to say. Sometimes they will do things that is rude. They will disrespect you. They will do all of these things. You're not in control of them. You're not in control of what another person is going to do, but you are in control of yourself. So for me, I am working hard to keep that grace and honor about myself And if there's something that just seems like it's just really not resonating with my energy, it's really negative, it's toxic, it's not for me, it's not respecting me, it's not honoring me, I have that self-control to be able to walk away. I can say, hey, you know what? I'm not tolerating that. That's not for me. I don't agree with what you're saying. This is disrespectful. But at that point, leave it where it is. Walk away. Because if you go into this place of yelling and screaming and going off and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, guess what? The other person's going to lose their self-control and they're da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it creates these tumultuous, damaging types of experiences to where you cannot bounce back from that. It creates a lot of trauma. So it's very unhealthy to be in that place of just flying off and flipping off at the mouth whenever and losing yourself. So if we can get to a place of having that self-management, learning to manage ourselves and keep ourselves accountable for our morals, our dignity, and our values, and we can look for that in the other person. Are they a patient person? Do they have a level of self-control? Do they manage their emotions well? How do they treat other people? This is very, very important. If you go to a place, a restaurant or wherever, and you have this person, they're going off on the other person. Why? You don't talk to me like that. Blah, blah, blah. They have a short temper. This is a part of how they're a little bit wrapped up. And until they get to a place of really being able to handle that self-control and being able to handle things gracefully, doesn't mean you have to accept disrespect. But there's a way that you handle it, not going off, 
getting red in the face, blowing up. If you ever see a person handle situations this way, they do not have proper self-management skills. And it may take them a very long time before you see them do it to you, but they will do it to you. It's not because it's you. It's not because it's a specific type of person. They lack self-management skills. It doesn't mean they can't get there. You can get there if you work on yourself. But if you see that this is where they are at this time and you're just meeting this person and you see that they don't maintain a level of calmness in certain situations or they're easily triggered or they go off or they, you know, flip out here and there, they lack self-control. There's a time and place for everything. But in a relationship where this is supposed to be someone that you love and you care about, you have to be able to communicate properly to say, you know what, this is what I'm feeling before it gets to that level, before you get to a level of exploding or blowing up on one another. Handle things step by step. Communicate along the process so you're not letting things build up and then you go off. Sometimes we're afraid to speak up and say what we really feel and it doesn't change how we feel. We still get to that place eventually where it's like, I can't take it anymore and everything's boiling inside of you and you will explode at some point. This is also a sign of passive aggressive behavior, which can be tricky because at first you may not realize that the person is passive aggressive because they don't say anything, they don't speak up. And then out of nowhere, they, you know, say a remark or make a smart comment or it it seeps out here and there that still lack of self-control. It doesn't always mean you're exploding all the time, but even just making those little jabs here and there is a lack of self-control. So being able to be direct, being able to communicate at each given point, if there's something that rubs you the wrong way, if there's something that you feel disrespects you, you have to have a conversation about it. And I will definitely cover a whole episode on communicating with love. But it's just about having a conversation. Hey, I noticed yesterday there was some friction between us or you kind of said something that really bothered me or rubbed me the wrong way. Even if that wasn't your intention, this is how I perceived it. Can we talk about this or have a little bit of a clarification talk just to get on the same page again? And if that person really can't have just a conversation with you and you're building a healthy relationship with one another... It's time to maybe assess where you're at and see if this is a relationship you want to continue with. So, so far we've covered honor and (laughs) self-control. Wow, we're only two pillars in and we have many more to go. And this sounds like it's going to be a long episode. (laughs) And I think most of these episodes for this topic are going to be long because they're so involved and that's okay. But I want to take a quick break so we can give ourselves a little breathing room and time to reflect. And we'll be right back after this message. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hello, my love tribe. Welcome back. And we are continuing with the pillars that make a healthy relationship. So we've covered honor and self-control. The next healthy pillar of a relationship is going to be responsibility. This is also something I had to learn. What you are responsible for is yourself. What the other person is responsible for is their selves. So if everyone takes responsibility for themselves and not expect the other person to complete them in some type of way, try to take on other responsibilities that aren't theirs, you can focus on the love part, enjoying each other's company, enjoying on being a partnership, working as a team, all of these different things. This is something that I had to work on because my view of a relationship and what I had perceived over time just as a child or even just seeing things through the media was that, you know, as the wife, you are to make sure that the man is fully taken care of, he's looking good, he's healthy. I would always get those comments where it's like, oh, you must be feeding him good because, you know, he's looking better than ever. You're taking good care of him, blah, blah, blah. Wow, really, really wrong on that point. So I covered this topic in the Getting Your Needs Met series, which I would highly suggest you check out because it's really all about this and selfishness and everything. However, you have your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, and your emotional health. All of those things you are responsible for. There is no one that is going to be able to take care of those things for you as much as you can take care of those things for yourself. You know what you're feeling in your body. You know what works for you. You know what feels good to you. You know what you've been through as a person throughout your entire life. And you know what you need. And that person may not always be able to provide that for you at all given times. So when you create these dependencies on one another, or you put the other person in a place where they need you, they need to depend on you, You create a very codependent relationship and it really sucks the juice out of the love in the relationship. It really, really does. And then whenever you start to take responsibility for yourself and the other person starts to take responsibility for themselves, you might find yourself in a place of not even knowing what to do with the relationship because it's like, well, what do I do now? I thought being in a healthy relationship was taking care of the other person. Being in a healthy relationship is really being able to support one another and, you know, having that love and protection and honor for each other. But it doesn't mean that you take on their life responsibilities. And what comes with those responsibilities is setting proper boundaries, which we will get to in a minute. They are still very important for all healthy relationships. So taking on responsibilities for each other is unhealthy. So that's strike two. I realized in my past relationships, I was lacking self-control at times and the other person would just be that right individual to push my certain buttons and being responsible for the other person, doing too much for the other person. That was my fault and I take full responsibility in that. So be accountable for yourself and make sure that you are respecting the person enough to own their own life. Okay. The next pillar is going to be 
having a vision. Having a vision for the relationship. What do we want this relationship to look like? Now, sometimes we can get confused because we don't want to set all these expectations on the other person. So then you say, okay, well, no expectations. No expectations. Um, Yeah, you just do you, I do me, and we'll just see how it works out. Mmm, tricky, right? So in the beginning, we don't want to have expectations for one another. But if we are being intentional, we are creating a healthy relationship, we have to make sure that everyone is on the same page. We have to cultivate a vision together. So we create visions, intentions, goals, plans for ourselves all of the time. Why is it that we don't do this in our own relationships? Hey, this is what I see for us. How do you feel about that? What do you see for us? What direction are we going in? There's a a right and wrong way to go about it. So sometimes people jump to the vision way too soon. Way, 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 way too soon. Where you get through certain steps of the attraction place of a relationship, which we will cover in the next episode. I'm really excited to cover that with you. But let's say you're really attracted to this person. Super attracted. You're like, ooh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, they're very attractive people. And I think this is what I want. Okay, let's be in a relationship. Whoa. Okay, let's let's slow down a little bit. There's a lot of steps that have to be put in place. We have to go through a process, but we have to set smaller visions at each step. Let's say you have a mutual attraction for one another. All right, cool. Well, it takes having to build trust and having to feel vulnerable with one another and having that consistency and having all of these things have to be put in place in order to even get to this place of true intimacy. But if both people are on the same page of the vision that they set, then you can work together to get to the place of where you want to be. And each person has to be accountable and responsible for their portion of it. What each person brings to build this team together being accountable, showing up for the things that they say they're going to show up for, building that trust by doing what they say they're going to do, and building that over time is going to strengthen that relationship because you have goals and plans and visions for one another and you're on the same page. And both people are being intentional with what they're doing. And it's not just about talking about it. It's about putting in action. If you are very serious about this person, you want to combine lives together. Both people want to combine their lives together. We have to move past the, man, I could really see myself being with you. Let's just be together. Why do we have to see ourselves being together? Let's just be together and let's work towards that. Let's start doing things with combining our lives together. It's more than just spending time alone. That is important, but it's about seeing if you can really build your lifestyle together. Financially, are you on the same page? 
Spiritually, are you on the same page? Family-wise, family views, are you on the same page? Because once you get to that place and you're in the thick of that relationship and time and emotions have been invested, all of that is not going to matter if you can't combine lives. If your lifestyles are just too different, it's going to create so much friction. And I think that's the biggest thing that really breaks up a lot of relationships. Like you have this great connection, you do really well together, but maybe you see the family dynamic is really dysfunctional or it's really not the best for what you want to bring into your life. Because what happens is, is that our minds, our mindsets, our realities are our worlds. And when you combine both of those things together, now you're creating an expansive, bigger world because two people are now attached. So let's say you're really good with your finances, but the other person's terrible with their finances. Okay, so how is your financial life going to be in harmony together? All of these things have to be taken into account and it can be tricky. (laughs) If you're on two different pages with your beliefs, do you want children? I want children. All of these different things. If that, those visions for your life and the visions for the other person's life is not in sync, it's not in harmony, it's not a match. And this is another place where you have to be honest, right? We've got to be truthful. Sometimes you got to really like a person. They can seem really great. And maybe they've got their life together in some form or fashion. Maybe they are doing well in at least a couple of areas in their life that you maybe are lacking in. Maybe you don't have the strongest family dynamic. Maybe you're terrible with your finances. But you have to be honest about that and not say, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Or my favorite, oh yeah, I'm not looking for anything. I'm not looking for a relationship, but you really are looking for a relationship, but you don't want to lose the person because you really like them or vice versa. And you're just not being honest. You say, oh yeah, I want a relationship. Mm -hmm. But really, you know, you just want something casual. (sighs) Please stop doing this. (laughs) I'm just going to be straightforward with you and Frank please stop doing this if you really want to find real love. People do it all the time and you're confused. So it's crucial to be honest about, do you want children? Do you not want children? All these things. Trying to cover up this and that just to be manipulative, to try to keep the person around, it's always going to fall apart in the end. So if we're honest, We can work towards solutions or that other person or you can decide if this is something you want to continue to invest in. You can really like someone. You can have a great connection. They can feel like a lot of fun. You can be very attracted to them. But can you combine lives harmoniously? Will it work out? Doesn't mean you have to be exactly the same. You can be a little off here and there. Little strength, little weaknesses here and there. We can balance each other out. We can create growth for one another. But if we're so far off the mark that it's going to wreak havoc in our lives or in your life, it's not going to work out. So it's best to acknowledge that and really get to that place of understanding when you're meeting someone and see how they handle life. 
Is that a life you can combine properly? All right, cool. Awesome. The next pillar is going to be trust and truth. Are you being honest with one another? Are you really being honest? This happens a lot, quite frequently, where you have someone that may not be the most honest in the relationship. And what happens is, is that sometimes you have people that through their conditioning, they have experience with fear and rejection and abandonment a lot. Or maybe they had a very harsh parent that would punish them for making mistakes. And the way that that brain learned how to get through life is through lying. Okay, we always do things that help us to survive. Doesn't make it right, but that can be the reason why. It's not always from a malicious intent. But in order to have a healthy relationship, both people have to be honest. Because if you're not honest with one another, you can't build trust with one another, right? I can't trust you if you can't be honest with me. And that is really important because one, all right, so if you experience a lot of fear, rejection, abandonment, and the way you deal with life is basically not accepting responsibility, lying, not really wanting to deal with it, escaping all the time. Your life is basically a big lie. You're always covering it up. What is really the point of life? You know, how do you know that you have a true relationship? Because being in that relationship means that you can trust the other person. You can feel safe with the other person. You're not feeling that rejection. You're not feeling that abandonment. And you can be each other's home, right? You're home to one another. No matter how horrible it is, we have to be honest. There's things that we can't control from our past. There's mistakes that we've made through growing, through learning, and that's okay. We can't go back in time and change all of that because we meet a new person. We have to be able to be honest about it. On the flip side of that, we have to be able to, once again, honor that person of where they are. So if you build true trust with one another, we're honoring each other. We have that self-control. We're respecting one another. It will open up that energy to feel safe. When you feel safe, trust and being honest and telling the truth doesn't really become an issue. So I've met a lot of people where they get really, really upset when their partner lies about stupid stuff, right? They lie a lot. And I get it. However, can we see our place in it where did we really make the person feel safe? Is there anything in our personality that triggers that person to want to shut down or not be their true selves around us? So it goes hand in hand. And a lot of times we demand that trust. We demand that truth and that honesty. But trust is earned. So it goes hand in hand. It has to be a, a dual effort. And are we being honest with the other person? You're only responsible for what you can be honest about. But we can't control what the other person is going to do. However, 
Do they do what they say they're going to do? Are they consistent, as I mentioned earlier? Does everything line up properly? We have to really look at that for ourselves as well. And that is how we can build that trust and honesty and truth with one another. But we have to feel safe enough to do that. And sometimes people don't feel safe. They don't feel comfortable. Maybe they haven't addressed it for themselves. Sometimes it's not all about you. But if that person's not really ready to confront some skeletons in their closet, some demons in their closet, it doesn't always mean they're trying to be malicious towards you. But we have to honor where they are. But at the very least, in order for it to be healthy, we do have to be honest. All right, cool. So the next pillar to a healthy relationship is going to be faith. Right? Now, this does not mean that you have to have the same belief system or have the same religion or anything like that. Faith really means, do both of you believe in this relationship? Do you believe that this relationship is worthy of investing in. Both people have to believe in that. They have to have faith that through whatever challenges come up, we've got each other. We're going to be a team through this. We're not going to be enemies with one another. Do you have faith? Do you really believe in this relationship? The things that we believe in are the things that we fight for. The things that we will not let go of easily. But both people have to believe that. The next pillar is going to be unconditional love and acceptance. Which really means offering that grace. We're really tough on other people sometimes. And we're even tougher on ourselves. So if you struggle with accepting yourself... It can be really difficult to accept other people for where they are. So being able to have that unconditional love and, you know, even if you make a mistake, you do something out of fear, you have a slip up. Now I'm not, I'm not excusing disrespect or dishonor. I'm not excusing anything like that, but just simple things where the other person, I don't know, maybe they just, maybe they're hangry one day <laughs> And they just get a little bit upset or a little bit out of character. Do we cut them off? Do we cancel them right away and say, oh, nope, mm -mm. nope, I don't accept you. Goodbye. We have to be able to offer a little bit of grace and love each other unconditionally, despite each other's faults. Sometimes we are expecting perfection, not because we really want perfection, but because having perfection somewhere in our lives makes us feel more loved. It's not really about the other person. It's about finding a way to feel less rejected in life. Everything is a reflection of what's going on in our brain. So if someone starts to gain a little weight or they fall off the track a little bit, do you go, ugh? Oh, you're, you're, you're just gross. Get away from me. Just, ugh, you gain all that weight. Ugh. Mm, is that unconditional love? No. <laughs> and especially for adults, it can be really difficult to have that unconditional love. That's why I love pets. <laughs> because even if you have a bad day, even if you 
get a little bit upset, even if you're not always 100% of the time, they're always happy to see you. They'll always love you. They always care about your well-being. They want to be around you all the time. They just want to love on you. They don't hold those grudges for you. So letting go of those grudges, working through any issues that come up, and to keep going with each other. Say, okay, we slipped up this week. What can we do to make it better? It's a whole balancing act. But you have to know, one, is this a pattern of disrespect? You know what I mean? So knowing when it's time to cut it off and when it's a true, you know, things just are not always perfect all the time. We have to be able to have that grace for one another. The next pillar to a healthy relationship is going to be boundaries. So setting proper boundaries. Not too many people can handle the truth of who you are. So what happens? People don't treat you based on who you are when they meet you. They treat you based on their judgments about you, their assumptions about you, and anything that they have built into their perception about relationships and other people. You don't have control over this. However, the only way you can control this is by showing who you really are and being truthful about yourself, having integrity, having respect for yourself. And how you have respect for yourself is by setting those boundaries, not to block people from coming in, but to keep you from leaving who you are, right? Staying in your lane. And over time, when you have these proper boundaries, other people learn how far they can go with you, what you will and will not tolerate. Boundaries are very important because it keeps your health, your mental health, physical, and spiritual health in line and protected. So having those boundaries is very important. It's just as simple as if you know that you need rest, you need X amount of hours to go to sleep. You don't have to tell that person all of the time, hey, hey, don't call me. Don't call me after 10 o'clock. Okay. Don't call me after 10 o'clock. All right, you can mention that one time, but you don't think a person's going to test that? They're going to test that. They're going to say, let's see, do they really go to bed at 10 (laughs) o'clock? So you have to turn your phone off or set your phone on do not disturb. You have to stick with what you say your boundaries are and stand firm in that. And over time, they learn that person really values their sleep. I know if I want to actually have a conversation with them, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to reach out because I know I'm not going to get a reaction. I'm not going to get anything. It's wasted energy. If I want to talk to that person, I'm going to call them in the hours that they are available. I'm going to talk to them during the time where they have the best energy. Having those boundaries actually makes you more attractive to a person. It tells the other person more about who you are versus who you're not. By the boundaries that you set for yourself. It tells the other person what you respect about your life, what you value, and you're not going to fluctuate on that just because of another person. 
And there are times where you're going to meet people that will not respect your boundaries. They'll try to get you to break your boundaries down. They'll try to persuade you to change your boundaries for them. This is very manipulative. I've met people like this, that I will set a boundary. I'll say, hey, you know what? I don't tolerate that. And they'll try to manipulate and push and prod to see if you have that weak point in you that they can take advantage of. Stay away from people like that. This is only setting up the relationship to be very unhealthy because the person really isn't honoring you in this way. So if you have met someone like this or you're in a relationship with someone like this or you are like this, then just know that this is very unhealthy. If you notice that people that do this, they typically have issues with self-control. They lack self-discipline or they will be very out of control in their lives. They struggle with addiction. They struggle with narcissism. All of these things are very, very important to take account of and to take note of because it's only going to get worse. Trust me. They may say things like, well, if you love me, then you'll let me do this. (laughs) If you really want to be with me, then you don't need boundaries. If you really care about me, You focus on what I love and what I want and what I need in a relationship. I've met so many people like this and I just stay away. Don't lose your self-control over this type of person. Don't get upset. Don't argue with them about it because this is where they are in their life. This is their inner world that they're going to have to struggle with or deal with on their own. You cannot change that. So these are the pillars to a healthy relationship and It makes a lot of sense to me why I have failed in a lot of relationships. And if you don't have this understanding, one, you're going to keep going around in this vicious cycle and making these same mistakes because you're not aware of it. Two, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to take it as though you're just not good at relationships or you're cursed or relationships just never work for you or you just have bad luck or whatever. If you understand what makes a healthy relationship, now that you have this awareness, if you have listened to this all the way through, there's no excuse to not have a healthy relationship because you know what it takes to do that. And you can apply this to yourself and to all types of relationships, but especially in partnerships, because let's be honest, we're expecting those to be a little bit longer, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more intimate than say a work relationship or even relationships with family members, but all those things still have to be put into place. So I hope that you enjoyed this. This has helped me understanding these things to note, "Mm, that's why that didn't work out. That was my role in it. This is what I can improve on. You know, you could just kind of gauge where you are and you can understand where a person may need to improve and where you need to improve. All right, so I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Up next, we will cover the eight levels of intimacy. And you're really, really going to want to hear about this because um, how many times have we been extremely attracted to someone and then it just falls off the map, right? Or it goes nowhere. 
And we're left wondering, what happened? I thought I met my soulmate. I thought I met the one. Why didn't it go anywhere? So definitely stay tuned because we will learn how to build true intimacy with one another. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Heart Blend Podcast.